1: You have now entered the House of Mystery
2: with your hosts Eric Shapiro David North Martino John Copenhaver and the 6.5
1: FM Los Angeles, 102.3
0: FM Riverside,
2: and 105.0 AM
0: Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. Mr. Dave Martino. Yes. Present here. <laughs> you keep saying presents, and I never get Present.
2: any. <laughs> Where's the old. gifts? <laughs> Where's the gifts? I guess, yeah. I They, they won't ship them to Canada. Oh,
0: please. <laughs> they keep getting turned away at the border. Well, because you can't ship, like, you know, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: Disgusting. A bad human. <laughs> bad human being. Bad, bad, bad. You know, sending me Robbie Knievel's uh, foot or something. know, <laughs> <That was terrible. laughs> it's just. It's, oh, no, it's just a, sorry, your idol is gone. <laughs>
2: Do you know how many times I almost killed myself on my on my bike? Yeah. You know, with uh, Evil, between Evil and Robbie, doing yeah. the jumps and stuff. Yeah.
0: It makes <laughs> me wish there was another kid. <laughs> Maybe third time would have been the charm. It would, would have, have been the lucky. charm, right? Yeah. Would have had it done. You know, it would have been, <laughs> you know, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Everyone's dying in the beginning of this, this year here. I you know. know. It's been pretty crazy. And Jeremy Ren- Renner, I couldn't believe that he, got, he ran over with his... Snow plow thing oh cut himself all up because that guy yeah. was like in tremendous shape and he was doing all right. that stuff and and uh wow um it's not good yeah it's, it's good. horrible now I can outrun him I can actually beat him in the movies <laughs> <laughs> and that's a sad thing <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know but I can take down Renner you know because he was that um what was he, he was that uh one Hawkeye. guy yeah. Wait, who? Hawkeye Hawkeye, is that? Yeah. I, I, well, he right. played uh, the guy that. What about the other one? That we had the guys write that write that story on. Um, See, so yeah, so oh, he, Bourne. He, he did yeah. born
2: He did a Bourne movie. I like that Bourne movie. Yeah, he Actually. did Jason Bourne, yeah. and and he, yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, know. forget so now, the character's name, but yeah.
0: Yeah, now I'm going to do it.
2: You are going. Well, are you going to be I'm, Jason Bourne now? I'm going
0: to have to replace him. You know. Yes. You know, you know, Matt, you know, <laughs> the, Matt Damon. the and new and he's Mission too old. Yeah, I have to take over for all these old guys. <laughs> you know, they're they're done. Okay, it's over. <laughs> now, now, you, you Discord. You know what that is? Do I know what that is? Yeah, and I'm not talking about your well,
2: life. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, kind. Yeah. Of. Well, kind I, of I was that.
0: on there, and some some guy tried to pick me up. Really? And and I guess he's a friend of yours. So
2: oh, <laughs> so,
0: so oh. I did invite him on the show. So oh. um now he's a writer, publisher, uh dancer. He's he's got quite the all-around uh, resume here, so we're pleased to have him. So let's oh. uh, let's welcome <laughs> Stephen Booth. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey,
3: thank you for having me. Um, the, the rumors of me being a dancer are actually overrated. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm actually got two left feet, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that too seriously.
0: Well, I, I, I you know I didn't say good dancer. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: just like I'm going to be the next Jason Bourne, it doesn't mean I'm going to be a good one. It just just means I'm, I'm doing it. You know. Um, oh, I couldn't imagine doing a Jason Bourne. God, you can hardly stay <laughs> awake, awake in the day. Um, so listen. Um, Let's let's talk about you, Stephen. So what okay. what, where did you come from, and and why are you doing this?
3: <laughs> why am I doing this? Wow! Like, how did Is you this fall into it? Against me, or
0: uh... no, no. Actually, I I always wonder. I I I do this to everyone. I I always wonder how you got into the job of, of publishing and writing and all this stuff like this. Um, is it something you've always dreamed about something you were doing since well, you were a kid, or is it something that just, you fell into? Like where, where did it all start?
3: It, it It's sort of a combination of um, I was destined for it and I fell into it. Um, my, my, uh, my mom's a librarian. She always wanted to be a writer. Um, she actually wound up writing a book uh, a while ago and, right when i was starting my publishing career she didn't send it off to me she sent it off to a vanity press and it was really a bad situation and and uh, she never wrote anything again but i had been writing for about 10 years at that point i got involved in writing um dave you may know harry shannon from horror absolutely yes okay, yeah harry was uh he's a counselor kind of guy i mean he's he's got one of those certificates and he's a counselor and he was my wife's counselor since she was 19 years old. And and so he and I became friends through various things. And um, one day I was having a conversation with him, and I said, I'm not a creative person, and uh, I don't know why I'm bothering to try and be creative and whatever. And this is the cursing story, by the way, so I'll cut it out. Uh, but he said, <laughs> bull, word, uh, you know, go write a novel. And I said, I don't know how to write a novel. What are you talking about? He says, that's great. Tell me all about it when the novel's done. So I wrote a novel, and then I wrote another one, and I wrote another one. Uh, none of these got published, thankfully, um, the, to the benefit of the universe. Um, and then um, round about 2010, January 2010, I had to uh, stay home to take care of a uh, sick family member. And I was a school teacher at the time. And you can't do both. You can't stay home and be a school teacher, at least not in 2010. And so I had to get a, um, a, a, a sort of a side hustle in order to be able to, you know, stay home and so on. And so when Harry you
0: started dancing.
3: That's when I started dancing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so Harry says to me, he uh, says, you're technical. Make me an ebook." He's an author. He's a big Time horror author, and he, you know, make me an ebook. And I said, okay, I'll make you an ebook. I can figure that out. And then he goes, well, here's a here's a best selling author friend of mine who also needs an ebook, and go make him one. And and I had been doing um, print design uh, for about twenty years at that point, and uh, or t- t- twenty years, yeah, that's about right. And uh, so he's like, well it's time for me to have a paperback. Go make me a paperback. And I said, okay. And so I built this business doing book design for all these author friends of Harry's and anybody else who would come along. And then at about the same time, Harry and I wrote a, uh, a short story called Jailbreak. I think you can still find it out there on Amazon for free, as a matter of fact. I, I, I didn't even know they did free anymore, but apparently it's out there. And um, it was a short you know, 5,000 words, zombie apocalypse, first day of the zombie apocalypse story. And it did really well. I mean, like 150 to 200,000 downloads kind of well. And so we said, what happens next? And so we wrote a novel called The Hungry. And I we, we were thinking about shopping it around. And I, and I had all these skills in book design. And I said, what's the difference between what I do and a publisher other than investing my money, right? So we said, let's... Make a make a publishing company and and publish this book and if it's screwed we screw it up at least we're screwing up our book and so um, we published it and it sold a lot of copies and we wrote book two and it sold a lot of copies and repeat that for the, up to six and then we wrote a prequel and a thriller and I and I wrote two novels on my own and uh, you know uh, one of which I just published a, a couple of months back uh, continuity. And so I had a publishing company and I decided to publish other people. And now I have like 40 authors and 60 or 70 titles and, you know, true crime and horror and, you know, music history and all sorts of wonderful things. So just that's, I mean, that's the short version. Uh, the, the long version I- I involves the dancing and I really don't want to get into that. So.
0: <laughs> no, because that didn't turn out too well. No, it didn't turn out too well at all. You know. so. Well, you know, it's always, it's always, you should be proud of trying things, even if they mm. don't work out, right?
3: Exactly. <laughs> well, the, the publishing seemed to have done a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. The dancing, not so much. So,
0: no. Well, you can write a book about it. That's probably uh, true. Memoir. Uh, hey, listen, so when you um, are doing the publishing, like it's sort of kind of built into this, um, did you? I'd imagine at the beginning you didn't have a goal of going to be. I'm going to be this publisher and I'm going to have all these authors and all these titles and stuff. You were probably, you were building into it, so to speak. So now that you are doing it, what's, what's your goal as a publisher?
3: Wow. Really? um, There's two things. First of all, I want to make money, which is always nice. Um, But uh, really we have, we have a couple of genres that we're working in the true crime genre, for example, we, you know, our, our, we're, tr- we're trying to be a little different in, in terms of what we publish as far as, you know, we want to honor the victims and, and, and celebrate the heroes. We are not the glorify Ted Bundy kind of a, of a uh, publisher. And so I guess what we're trying to do that, you know, in regards to your question is just really publish a lot of good content that people want to read about that isn't, you know, like I said, glorifying all these horrible people and their horrible acts. But um, in terms of the music and, and stuff, we have, we, we, we publish books on music history, like mysteries of the music, or, you know, a pig's tale about the bootleg record industry and stuff like that. And we're just trying to um, uh, really do a deep dive into uh, music history. Uh, you know, the, the, at this point, um, we we have a couple of books that mix and match the true crime and the mystery and uh, the music genres. We have one on the, the death of Elliot Smith. I don't know if you guys know who Elliot Smith is, but uh, we have that book. It's called a question mark. And we have mysteries in the music, which is like who shot Bob Marley and you know, who really discovered Elvis and did, did the, the traveling Wilburys really start out with the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and stuff like that. So, um, so some really interesting uh, projects, uh, like that. But at the end of the day, I'm really, you know, I, I, I want to be a publisher full time as opposed to doing my side gig, which is right now doing the book design for other people. I love that work, but publishing is really where my heart is. And if I can, you know, every day I work harder to, uh, to make that, uh, you know, my primary, my primary
0: activity. So well, it's an interesting field. Um, so now you yourself, how, what kind of writer do you consider yourself? Growing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, 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 as far as um, I split, you know, doing the writing thing into two two parts, uh, which is writing and and storytelling. I, I consider myself a very good writer. Uh, if I know what it is that I'm trying to say, I can say it pretty well. But I'm still learning the storytelling aspects of the process. Harry was really good. Here, Harry, I, I could throw an idea at Harry and he could d- design a novel from beginning to end in like two minutes. And that's a, that's a skill that I just don't have. And I have a couple other friends who can do that sort of thing. And it, I've learned that it's not necessary to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I, I'm a kind of a follow-your-nose pantser, whatever, you know, you want to call that term. Um, but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm just, I'm learning and growing, uh, trying new things. Um, my latest novel is a, is a time travel mystery. All of my friends, you know, all my writing friends said, whatever you do, don't write a time travel mystery. Okay. And so <laughs> I, I did. And, uh, you know, I think it came out pretty good. It, it, this particular one is my soul baby. It's, you know, the, um, that's the book that I really needed to write. Uh, the rest of them are, are enjoyable and, and, and interesting and fun. But that was, that
2: was the book that was meant to come out of my head and onto paper. So, well, I'm wondering, um, how was it collaborating with Harry Shannon? It sounds like you're, you're two different types of writers you are more of a pantser. He's more of a plotter. Mm-hmm. And I might be wrong. Just, just, just from hearing you talk about that, uh, how did that all work? And, and how did you uh, like divvy up the work between yourselves? Well, um,
3: first of all, if,
2: if, in
3: the unlikely event that I say anything negative about Harry, I love Harry to death. Uh, So let's just, let's just establish that, especially if he's listening. So I love you, Harry. Um, The first book was um, a lot of fun because I was learning the process. I had never written, you know, anything that was close to publishable at that point. And um, Harry prefers to do the second draft. So he, and I got along really, really well because I didn't mind doing the first draft, just knocking it out. I, you know, he gives me a. We 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 work together on a on a synopsis that has what you know chapter points, chapter starts here, ends here. Chapter next starts there and ends here, and knock that out. And then he does the 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 polish edit, and that seemed to work very well. Um, on the second book, I had more experience. I I had, you know published a successful novel and and so but he still considered me very new at it um and so uh that was the the, the case in the, the third book and the fourth book by the by the time we'd wrote five but we've written is it six or six? no, it's eight eight books together by the time we got to the fourth book in uh in the process we were we had a a flow going on but uh at the same time we you know we had to learn how to um uh not step on each other on each other's toes um, sometimes I would leave him notes. Please don't cut this joke or rewrite it. I like the joke the way it is. And uh, for the most part, he didn't, but, uh, he, he and I had, um, you know, different, uh, mannerisms. We, 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 we used to say it privately in Harry. You didn't hear this. Uh, we, there would be Harryisms. Harryisms would be like a, a long string of cursing that just comes out <laughs> of, uh, I, I mean, it comes naturally out of the story, but it's, it's like, um, I mean I can't even give you an example it's it's very elaborate like 10 curses in a row and uh that would, or he would talk about birds um I, I still tease him about the birds the birds would be flying over and you know it would be uh there'd be some ominous um symbolism there and I never really figured out what the symbolism of the, of the birds was so I left it in and uh actually in, in a novel that I'm thinking about publishing right now that I just wrote um the, that that's uh the novel is um, uh, some geriatric demon hunters get caught up in the in the war between the gods for the control of the multiverse. That's the pitch for the book. Uh, and I, every once in a while, I have a character who's n- modeled after Harry, and, and he'll go, "Look, crows!" And my characters will go, "Yes, that's true." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they teach you anything? You know that kind of thing. So, um, uh, but Harry and I, you know, found a groove and we managed to get, you know, um, like I said, seven zombie novels, a vampire novel, and a thriller uh, knocked out. And uh, I'm really kind of um, disappointed that we're not working on new projects. But there's diminishing returns on on series, and we tried a couple of stand standalones, and they never took off. And there's really no point in spending a thousand hours to write a book that no one's going to read. So Harry and I are not collaborating at the moment, but maybe we will at some point.
2: But it was like a dance.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly, that's <laughs> like that that's the dancing to which we've been referring, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, there you go. And just dancing <laughs> alone now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what it feels like. Uh, writing it, it, uh, you know, is a very introverted business, as I'm sure you all know, and and, uh, it does feel like I'm dancing with myself as, as Billy Idol once, uh, crooned. And, uh, is he a crooner? I don't think he's a crooner. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm working on, um, what am I working on right now? I'm working on a PI novel. Uh, I told you my mom's a librarian. So this is a librarian with a gun
0: PI novel. Uh, literally the, the, uh, main character has a MLIS. So. Your characters. So where, where do you come up with them and how do you experience them? That's always kind of a good overall discussion. Like, um, are you intimate with your characters? Do you see them, hear them, talk to them and all that? Or do you have a different sort of way of creating and working with your characters?
3: When I was in in college at UC Santa Cruz, uh I did a lot of role playing games, not Dungeons and Dragons with the maps and stuff like that, but actual storytelling, interactive storytelling.
0: So you'd wear and a so dress. So I learned,
3: uh, I did not wear a dress. Although <laughs> I will, I will say that one time I offered to, if my friend got married, I would cut, show up in a miniskirt. She did get married and I did not show up in a miniskirt. To this day, she's angry at me for that. <laughs> um, she was one of my, my role playing game friends. Anyways, um, I learned how to channel. Characters, I just sit back and watch them go. I mean, they, they, they would have their own dialogue and their own, um, you know, storylines and stuff like that. And I would just be sitting there and eating M&Ms and drinking, you know, Mountain Dew and whatever, it is that we were doing at that time and, uh, letting the character have us, have his way with the, uh, with the story. And it was really kind of cathartic to be able to just let go of myself and let this other character channel through me. And, um, I think it kind of gave me some bad habits, actually, because that's how I write now. Is I just, you know, I I, I come up with a couple of characters, and, and you know, not like with those character sheets. I never liked those. I never liked those at all. Uh, but I would just conceive of a character and then just let them run, um, and I watch them, you know, I watch the story unfold as as the reader does, and I try and direct it in a particular, you know, uh, to, to to a particular point in each chapter. So that it's um, you know interesting and 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 readable, but for the most part, I'm just like, wow, this is fun. i let's see what happens next. This is great. Um, you know, with my uh, librarian with a gun story, I, I built in a lot of backstory that I haven't discussed you know with the, with the reader uh, for this particular character, and um, I'm I'm not certain all the details. Uh, I, I'm sure I will discover them as they as they appear in the story, but. Um, you know, he has some sort of dark past, and I, I, I didn't realize that when I started writing it. I thought it was just a guy going in for a job interview, and, and uh, now there's all these uh, possibilities, you know. Well,
2: ha- has Have any of these characters ever, like, really gone off the rails and really just taken the story in su- such a direction that it made it hard to uh, get back on track?
3: Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, that was that was back in the day when I was um, working with Harry on a regular basis. I was writing a couple of I, – I, I have this one novel, that my very first novel. I've actually rewritten it four times. And in a couple of cases, the characters have just really gone sideways on me. And I would discuss the, the situation with Harry, and he'd say, you know, protect your characters. Always have them be on the side of right. Never have them do anything that would be reprehensible or – uh, otherwise, um, you know, lose the, the uh, reader's support for them and never kill them. Uh, those are the those were basically the rules that he gave me for my own writing and I try and do that every time I, I sit down is I, I try and keep them on the, the side of writing. even if they, even if they've done things in the past, they're making up for them now. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, but yes, my characters often, do things that I was not expecting. Um, you know, and, uh, as a matter of fact, with the geriatric demon hunter book, I'm still trying to w- w- figure out the ending because the ending that I had, um, was it really made sense in the book, but it didn't, um, it, it, it would not have satisfied any of the readers and it didn't satisfy me. So I pulled it and I'm still trying to find the ending a little more Harry Potter than, than, uh, you know, what's that inside out or whatever
0: do you um hear your characters then like when you're driving and they start talking to you or um yeah should you be driving and and <laughs> are you waking up in the middle of the night with bloody shoes or something uh,
3: i I like to say that I channel the characters i I have not. Uh, gone so far as to, um, lose, you know, it's not just, dis- uh, uh, dissociative identity disorders. That's what you're asking. Um, you know, certainly I know the difference between their voice and mine. Um, but, uh, and, and none of them are homicidal to the best of my knowledge, and at least not to anything that's living. I, I did write seven zombie novels, or six of them actually, in, in a vampire novel in the same series. And, uh, they did a lot of killing, but it was, it was to the zombies, and they went, that's okay um you know although i've never understood why in the zombie apocalypse you know people don't go around you know shooting the people who wronged them whether they were whether they were zombies or not that was a, that was always a question i i wanted to ask but um i think that's the first time i've done it publicly anyways uh, no i don't wind up with bloody shoes um but i do hear the characters uh, you know in my head i see them i understand you know to a certain degree where they're going with with what they have to say um it's often the, the the supporting characters that I don't have as much of a handle on so I'm not and, and they're the ones who guide the story you know it's like it's like my my main character is the, the role playing character and everybody else is as a as a, a function of the the, uh, the the game master in my mind you know uh, guiding the story and, and pushing the character in different ways um but uh you know it, it, it's it, it's actually kind of fun exploring a story uh, as the as the character sees it, you know.
2: Well you can hear your characters kit. Can, can you can you do you hear the prose too as you're writing it?
3: I'm gonna say yes, but only insofar as I don't have a problem. I mean writing has never been something that I've had trouble with. I mean, I, when I was in elementary school, they, 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 they and I, am guessing, I'm guessing that you guys and I are the same age because you were bringing up Evil Knievel and I had those <laughs> toys. Okay. I did. Me too. Um, but, um, uh, you know, when I was in grade school, um, they would teach you, you know, write the first draft, edit the draft, you know, write the second draft, ed, you know, do a final polish and turn it in. I would write one draft, check it for pr- uh, proofreading and turn it in. And it would be, Done. I mean, it would be, it would be uh, you know uh, uh, what I was trying to say. So I've never really had trouble expressing myself in words. Um, and it, it you know it, 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 so being in this business, I've done a lot of editing, and I'm a terrible proofreader. Please don't ask me to proofread. That's my wife's job. Um, but I'm I'm actually a, quite a good editor. I, I'm I'm good at you know writing whatever it is that I'm trying to write. But try, again, trying to find the story in the in the in the words is a, as a is a different um, experience right now. I'm, I'm helping an author with um, it's sort of a deep developmental edit. It's what I call a brutal edit. It's a Western. Okay. And his idea of a Western is to give every detail that you can ever think about about a a Smith and Wesson for like a page. And I write action adventure. I want the story to move. So I'm like, no, no, we have to cut all this. But, Western readers want to hear about what, how much marshals get paid for the mile. And, and I'm like, that's lovely. Let's put it in dialogue and have it be organic. Let's move forward. Come on. So we're, we're in the process of, um, uh, creating that story. Sort of he's written it and I'm sort of massaging it into something that we, that, that, that could possibly be published. And this is, I haven't agreed to publish it yet. Um, I'm waiting for him to, uh, uh, to 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 learn the the writing process a little bit more directly, but uh, it's the same kind of thing. Do you
0: ever put a subtext, or do you have kind of an idea that you want people to to get out of the stories that you write, like a theme? Yeah, there's some sort of yeah, some sort of meaning. Like if someone picks up continuity and they take it home and they read it, of course there's the. Uh, you know, the entertainment value of the story and all the different wild things you do. But is there some sort of, is there a meaning behind it as well? Theme is something that I've struggled with
3: basically since third grade. I, know, I didn't understand it in third grade. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, yes, in, in my stories, there's, um, Harry called it a controlling concept, okay? When we were writing the zombie novels, the, the Penny Miller, Penny Miller's the main character of the zombie novels, and her, her thing was duty. Okay, so everything that, that went on from her character's point of view was about her duty to her friends. And with continuity, uh, it's a little bit different because really I was exploring the, um, the family that, of time travelers rather than time travel itself. I, do, I mean, obviously, I, I go into the time travel aspects of it and the technology of it to a certain extent and, and
1: how it all works.
3: and how it came to be, Um, but it's really about, uh, Carlos is my main character, it's really about Carlos interacting with this extremely dysfunctional family who basically has no limits and no no rules, and um, it's about him becoming, going from basically being a, a dysfunctional child to a functional adult in the space of about 45 hours um and you know so i is there a theme there i don't know i mean maybe I should leave that to the uh to the book critics or something like that but uh for me it's it's really about him- uh you know him growing up uh or or taking taking the his his grown upness by the reins if if that's even if, did any has anybody ever said that before taking their grown upness by the by the reins? <laughs> but, uh, at any at any rate that's um that's that's what I was trying for. Yeah, you can see I struggle with these. So there you go.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about continuity. Uh, how do you organize your work? How do you remember all the stuff as, as you're as you're either working through a novel or a series? Do you have a series bible? Do you use certain tools? How does that work for you?
3: Um, a lot of it's in my head. Um, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I I I used to think that there was an entire story in my mind, and I could only see little snippets of it. And um, it, there was something defective about my ability to tell stories based on that fact that I could only see snippets of it. No, there's really only the snippets. But I do have, like, the entire technology of time travel sitting in a, a, a drawer in my head, if you will. And I can dip into that whenever I need to so that it's, it stays consistent Um uh you know, as far as organization, it's not, I mean, I tried using Scribner. I'm really a linear writer. I love word. I mean, I, I know that's, that's heresy in, in the writing world at this <laughs> point, but I, I've actually, um, I, I don't consider myself an expert in many things, but I do consider myself an expert in document formatting and, and word is my favorite program for that. And I know that, that a lot of people will get angry over that, but it's true. And so I, I just write linearly, um, but uh, I, I do have um, certain things that I'm trying to say. Whether that whether that's theme or not remains to be seen. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, trying to get you know, I mean, in continuity, for example, I uh, you know, it, because it was about the family, I worked really hard to get the family all in one place. Um, so that I could, you know, everybody could see the, the dynamics or really it, it's a, um, it has a lot to do with, um, Carlos and his sister. So uh, getting the Carlos and his sister together were really important. But once I was able to do that, I was able to just channel again. Um, you know, it, it took a little bit of doing to get him in the right place at the right time. And, um, some people may not agree with the way I got it, got there. Um, I've actually had people push back. Why did he go to, why did he go to New York instead of Toronto? I mean, that's a literal conversation in the book. And um, it's because I needed him to be in New York. You know, I mean, that's, isn't that obvious? He needed to go to New York. And so I hope I, uh, you know, people reading it are going to go, okay, I got to look for that now. But for the most part, I was, uh, I think I did a pretty good job of making it organic that he needed to be here at this time to meet this person so that this part of the story could happen. You know, that's really all I can tell you on that.
2: That's very interesting. Uh, Well, we're talking about time travel. I'm wondering how how important is it for you to uh, get the science right? Uh, Do you take a lot of liberties uh, in in a time travel story? Are you going with uh, what is like modern, modernly accepted by science?
3: According to my editor, publisher friends, uh, of which I have several who have read this, I, I I think I broke a lot of the the tropes. I mean, this isn't Looper. This isn't Thirteen Monkeys. It's uh, you know I, I I came up with my own concept of why time travel was even possible, um, and uh, you know it, this isn't hard science fiction. The 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 you know there's a there's a device called the Great Clock, and that's where the time travel comes from. But I I do justify its existence in sort of a light, you know tangential. It comes up every once in a while, kind of a ma- manner uh the devices that allow um for time travel personal time travel are um uh, you know uh, i i i i mention what they look like i mentioned how they operate a little bit um but i do have a very strong idea of what's going on in the background in my head so that everything is consistent um i you know i'm i'm already giving away way 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 too much about this story um, so I won't go into how I get to where, you know, the 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 technology of the time travel. But no, this is not, um, you know, and these are not time cops. Okay, the, the, that's the number one thing uh, about this family is they don't really care what happens to the rest of the world when when they change the the um, the past, as long as it doesn't affect them. And there are rules. Uh, I put the laws of time travel, and that that dictates how the family, uh, the time travel family. Uh, can can manage to uh, uh, not erase themselves. As a matter of fact, the whole premise of the book is what happens if those rules get violated. That's what continuity refers to. It's one of the rules.
2: Yeah, very interesting. No p- prime directive, it seems like. No, although <laughs> I, I will say that um, it, it, uh, if they had been a little bit more
3: cognizant of what was going on in the world around them, they wouldn't have gotten themselves into this mess in the first place. But that's all I'm willing to say on this subject.
2: So. <laughs> well, where where do these uh, where do your characters come from? Um, and, and tell us a little bit about uh, your main characters in this book. Okay, um, where do they come from? I, I this you, one you get them from people that you meet, and
3: um, well, the the number one con- uh, controlling concept, if I can use that term again, for creating characters is they're not me. I am not just putting myself in the story. Uh, I can relate to them and at, you know, at a very deep level, uh, you know, they, they're coming from me, but I'm not just writing myself into novels. Uh, I try to, uh, have them be, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different, um, speech patterns, um, different, uh, you know, educational, you know, um, resources and so on. The, actually, the biggest challenge that I face is um, I, ha- I have, I have two master's degrees. Okay. Good for me. Um, and uh, uh, I try not to write really intelligent characters who sound like they've have two master's degrees. And that's actually a big, big challenge for me because um, I, it's easy for me to just drop into my language set. And uh, you know, but it, it, like, for example, um, Carlos in, in, um, in continuity, is um is uh you know I, I I understand him um but he's you know uh, his family is like I said very dysfunctional his his father is is for lack of a better way of phrasing it a psychopath uh and treats him that way and i mean, not a violent psychopath but you know uh, there are other types of abuse by the way uh th- this is a side note I worked with Al Carlyle, who was the um, psychologist at Draper Strait Prison in Utah when Ted Bundy came into the 90 day diagnostic unit and Al's job was to figure out if, um, he was violent or not when before anybody knew who he was, spoiler alert, he was. Um, but, uh, so I got, a, I got a lot of inside ideas about how sociopaths and psychopaths work. So anyways, now we go back to my character. So the dad is a psychopath and how do you, how do you, um, try to live up to the rules and expectations of a psychopath when you're not that kind of a person. And, you know, um, a, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, macho culture and things like that. Those are all backstory to this. Um, but, uh, you know, really the, the, the you know, uh, Carlos's character is trying to fit into somebody else's model, his father's model of what a man is. And he's doing a terrible job of it. And really the whole premise of the story from the very first word is him trying to get out of that, trying to, trying to get out of his, uh, you know, if you read the, the back cover sales copy, it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be involved with this family anymore. How do I get out of it? And the whole story, um, extends from him not wanting to be like his father and doing a bad job of it. So you know uh, and it's as far as the um you know like for example my this new novel that i'm writing um which is called Shy Boy this is the the librarian with a gun um my main character is you know he's um how do i say it he's uh he's trying to find his way in the world but he has a very good sense of who he is and um, you know what what he's trying to accomplish, um, but he he's he's sort of dividing his attention between him wanting to just be a librarian and work in a in, in reference and and answer questions about you know where to find a purple book and have some adventure in his life, and so he's just making a different decision at that point moving forward. Um, you know, so I guess uh, at the end of the day, the characters. The you know the um, where the where do the characters come from? They they I I take a little slice of myself and build a character around them and then let them play. But I tried very hard not to let them be me. You know, the, there's there's one part of me that they're they're off playing with, but not not the entire not the entire set. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's it's funny. It reminded me that I had a. Um, I, I had an editor once uh, write back to me in an early story and said that I was using my own uh, vocabulary <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was higher than the uh, – or, or greater than, than, the, uh, than the character, so it was pretty mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> That's really hard.
3: It's really hard. And, and and uh, you know, uh, I work with uh, – in my book design business, I ha- I'm working with a, um, a, um, this uh, nonprofit that does um, uh, addiction recovery, and their number one controlling concept, where we go again, is it has to be at a fourth grade level or below to, to really communicate. And they uh, this one book that we worked on called Successful Life Skills, uh, you know, really hit that. But when you talk to the professors and the, you know, the psychologists instead of the people who are um, actually having the problems, then, you know, the, you 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 don't communicate with them. So actually, being able to use a vocabulary that isn't as sophisticated as the one that I use on a regular basis is is a really challenging thing that I spend a lot of effort working on, and I don't always succeed. But uh, I I do understand your editor's you know point (laughs) that that if you're if you're using your own vocabulary, basically you're just you know how do you differentiate between this character and that character when they have
2: the same vocabulary? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 difficult when it when it comes to stuff like that, and you know, it, it's just one of those things that you know. Luckily, we have uh, that ability to go back and do a lot of editing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. No. That this is not performance art. Thankfully, I, I I I never understood how somebody. I mean, I'm doing a book right now on Thelonious Monk. I'm not making that up. And he, for 40 years, he played the same songs over and over and over and over. Again, okay. And I would go out of my mind if I had to do that. I have no idea how somebody can possibly... I mean, I know that there are performers who are amazing. Dave Grohl plays, you know, has been doing his music for 30 years. Uh, I was just watching on something on Dave Grohl. And uh, he's amazing at it every single time. And it's just like, you know... Uh, at this point i would i would uh, i i like the variety so i'm glad that this is not performance art that i can go back and edit and then once i it's done then it's done and i don't have to think about it anymore
0: you know you take people you know and kill them off
3: <laughs> horribly horribly uh and 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 often um you know um childhood schoolmates and you know ex-girlfriends and uh, you know, I I I try not I, I try to do my best not to name them the same as the original person, but yeah, I, I've been known to uh, um, uh, you know, go sideways. I mean, especially in the zombie novels, uh, I'll, I'll I I I recall writing in a couple of um, friends who really, you know, I mean, what's that line from from uh, Lilo and Stitch where she's putting the the forks in the pickle jar and shaking them up and they've got little faces on them. And she says, my friends need to be punished. I love that movie. Uh, that's it's the same kind of thing, but, um, yeah, in, in the zombie novels it gave me a lot of opportunity to take out a lot of, um, um, uh, tension on, uh, on, on some, you know, on my characters, uh, even if they're just, you know, show up, get killed, done. Um, although one of the fun things about doing the zombie novels, I have to admit, was describing the zombies. Um, just as a side note, we would always have a soccer mom and we'd have, you know, a a football player and, uh, you know, a priest and, and just anybody we could. We, we had, um, zombie Girl Scouts. I, I don't want to give away too much, but we did have zombie Girl Scouts and that was probably one of the most fun scenes that we did. Um, you know, so just being able to come up with, uh, concepts for, you know, how to describe them so that they're not obviously somebody that we knew when we were kids or whatever. But, um, yeah,
0: no, so we definitely kill off characters. So let's let's talk about um, your contact information and that. So now if someone is interested in, in sending you a manuscript or if you, or I don't know if you're looking for people or not or type of things, let's talk about your publishing and the publishing contact.
3: We are Genius Book Publishing, geniusbookpublishing.com. If you go to geniusbookpublishing.com you will see submissions as one of the you know the the navigation items uh and you can also go to geniustruecrime.com or geniusmusicbooks.com it's all the same so go to submissions um you're going to wind up talking to my wife Leah she's our submissions editor and our editor in chief And she loves reading all the submissions. She won't, I mean, she gets violent about, you know, dear, you're overloaded. Can I read one of the submissions? No. Um, So um, she wants to read all that stuff. We are looking for, uh, I believe, and please check the website, I believe we're still looking for true crime. Occasionally we'll entertain a music book, um, but those are more involved. And, um, you know, fiction, I love fiction. We're publishing fiction a couple times a year, but it's really a hard sell because it's like, you know, how do you describe a book about dragons in a way that it shows up in the search engines and doesn't get swamped by every other book about dragons or zombies or anything like that. So if you have a true crime book, geniusbookpublishing.com slash submissions, you'll find it. If you want to find me, um, the, the go scroll down to the bottom There's our mailing address. It's got my phone number. Yes, that's really my phone number. It will really ring to my phone, uh, and I will really pick up if it's business hours. Um, And uh, we are interested in hearing from people. um, And also, plug for my book design business, if you are interested in being an entrepreneur and doing your own book and being the publisher, uh, I'm happy to apply all my lovely skills on book design to your book and make it as beautiful as any commercial book out there. And, and then you can give me a check and then I'd be happy. You know, that kind of thing is supposed to mean investing my own money in the books. Um, but uh, that's, you know, and, and one thing that we didn't touch upon, but as long as you're talking about, you know, how to get in touch with me, I'm also a, um, a, an artist. I'm a painter. I have, uh, you know, you guys can see in the background, a bunch of the paintings that I've done. Um Stephen Booth, Stephen with a V, Stephen com. You can see a bunch of the stuff that I've been doing.
0: Wow, fantastic. Of course we'll have all of that up on the website and our social cool. media so people can find you real easily. You know, it's all it's yeah. all what we want to do here. So how how was how was the pandemic and writing over that? Was that do you find that um you know stress? I
3: did a lot of painting. I um I I write when I'm not stressed out and I paint when I'm stressed. So, um, I got, you know, I did complete, um, I think, um, um, one of my novels, I think I I got all the way through the, the uh, geriatric demon hunter novel during the pandemic. Uh, it does take a long time for me to write. Um, but, uh, uh, I mostly cranked out paintings, um, of, uh, what, like I said, my, my, my wife says I paint chicks and jets. I do a lot of figurative art with women and and airplanes and so on. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the pandemic was good for creativity, not necessarily great for writing. Uh, published a lot of stuff, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people that way. Some people did really well with it, and some people had the – Opposite, you know, they shut down and, and couldn't write, and mm-hmm. they weren't weren't as creative. So, you know, I guess it depends on how attached you are to the um, emotions around you. You know,
3: yeah. Well, you know, I I, I don't uh, um, I write to entertain myself. I mean, a lot of people write to express their emotions or their you know their their stresses or whatever. I I I, I don't watch TV. Okay. So, um, which I know a lot of people find to be anathema because it's like, where am I supposed to get my ideas from? I have plenty of ideas. Um, I read a lot and I, uh, I, I, I don't watch TV except for when my wife insists and then we'll watch, you know, like whose line is it anyway or whatever. Um, but, uh, um, for the most part, um, I write and I paint and I do my job and that's my evenings pretty much every evening I'm doing one of those three things or I'm hanging out with my cats. I I I didn't mention this before. I do have eight cats. Yes, we have a full eight and they they will happily sit on me the moment I slow down long enough for them to do that. So wow. Cat lover. Yeah, no, cat dad, absolutely. Um a- actually on on one of my uh on my Instagram uh account Stephen Booth writer uh I I uh I do post some uh, some videos of the cats licking my hair and sitting on me and stuff like that. My, my other social media, I don't do that a lot, but for that particular one, I do. So
0: it's like pornography.
3: It, it is. It's, it's cat lover pornography. There's a lot of that actually. I have a magnet on my, on my refrigerator that says, I want to wake up tomorrow to no news, zero, just cat videos. And I, I totally relate to that. So I could, you know, um, and well, how do you get
2: anything done with all those cats? I have one cat and <laughs> I have um, a hard time doing anything.
3: Uh, it's actually uh, as hard as you think it is. Um, you know, if I hadn't locked all the cats out except for a princess, princess is right next to me, she's asleep. Uh, you know, um, I do have a couple of cats that have adopted me and they want to be in my arms at all times. And it makes it difficult for me to type one-handed um, for the most part, I, I uh, either ignore them or I lock them out, um, which doesn't make anybody, including my wife, happy. Uh, <laughs> she would prefer that I pay more attention to them than my books. So, um, but she's very supportive,
0: <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> hey, so what let's talk about your inspiration like when you're at home, mm-hmm. um, and say so you don't watch TV really. Um, <laughs> so what where do you gather inspiration? Like if you're you know, maybe you have a writer's block or maybe you don't have that. But if just where does it come from, the initiative? Like, do you have any sort of music or other writers? Um,
3: I, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm ADD, so I listen to music 100% of the time. I mean, that's all I do. I have I have two sets of wireless headphones in different parts of the house, and I just listen to music 100% of the time um, when I'm not, even when I'm reading, actually. Uh, I have uh, um, a couple of authors. That I really, really admire, um, who I will happily shout out to, but, um, you know, the, their, their books, I, I will admit they wrote the books that I love probably 25 years ago. Uh, there's David Gerald, uh, the, the guy who, who created the tribbles for Star Trek. He's, he's probably my top favorite author. I get a lot of inspiration from, for ideas from him. Um, Steven Saylor, who does the Roma sub rosa novels. I mean, if you want great, P.I. in Rome Republic and Rome Empire novels. Steven Saylor has the
0: best ones. Yeah, I know him. I've um, had him on the show too.
3: Oh, you have? Oh, you're automatically my new best friend. I, I mean, I've, I've had two conversations with him and I was, I'm, that's the thing about being in this business. I, um, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time and actors are lovely. You know, good. Hey, you're on TV or you're on a movie. That's great. Authors are like my thing. Okay. I, you know, so Dave, it's, it's actually an honor to meet you, you know, to, to actually talk to you for more than five minutes, because I've known about your work for a long time. And, and you're certainly somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Um, well, don't you. let that go to your head. No. <laughs> um, but um, the really. other guy I want to shout out to is, is uh, Stephen Bruce. Uh, he writes PI novels in fantasy, you know, universes. I like cross-genre PI novels, which is how I wound up writing a lot of the stuff that I write. Um, the, uh, continuity is a, actually a mystery novel. So uh-huh. there you go. But, uh, yeah, um, so, you know, and then I read about science and I read about, you know, I, I particularly like reading, um, uh, biographies of scientists and, 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 and deep, uh, you know, stories about like, where did the uh, Archaeopteryx come from, and you know why? Why do whales have fingers and things like that? Um, so you know, uh, as far as you know, other than that, it just I'll start noodling and throw some ideas together, and and then it, a story will evolve, and I'll hook onto it and start writing it. You know,
0: where does the true crime come from for you? But uh, it doesn't sound like you're you're you have true crime people that you're. Totally following a reading. So where, where does that come no, from?
3: No, um, the true crime from, comes from my wife. Um, I talked about Al Carlisle for a minute. In 2002, I, uh, in 2012, I was at World Horror in, I think it was either Provo or Salt Lake City. And, um, the showrunner, her father is Al Carlisle. And so he was hawking a book on Ted Bundy while I was there. I was doing my zombie stuff, and I'm wa- wandering around, and there's my wife. She came with me. She goes up to the table. She comes back to me. She pulls on my arm. She says, Stephen, we're publishing a book. I said, we're doing what? She says, yeah, uh, this, guy, you know, th- uh, this guy wrote a book about Ted Bundy, and we're publishing it. And I said, you've been talking to him for three minutes. How is it that we're publishing this book? Nope, nope, that's it. We're done. She's the true crime junkie in the house. Um And uh, if I hadn't met that, you know, uh, Dr. Carlisle and a couple of the other people that I've worked with, uh, I probably wouldn't be conversant in, you know, Keith Jesperson and, you know, Arthur Gary Bishop and Ted Bundy and stuff like that. But uh, I actually, for through a circumstances that I would have preferred not have happened, I was actually on the Happy Face um, podcast. You probably couldn't recognize my voice because I sound like I'm in an aquarium, but... Um, Dr. Carlisle um, was supposed to be interviewed uh, for on the Happy Face, which is about Keith Jesperson. It's his daughter um, doing the podcast and he passed away two days before he was going to be interviewed. So they scrambled and they were looking for somebody who could channel him, you know, for lack of a better way of phrasing it. And so I did some research. I'd already been doing some research on Keith Jesperson at that point. And so I I I had the opportunity to be a, a, a true crime expert for two episodes on happy face. And, you know, like I said, if you listen to the think it's the second or third episode. There's a guy who sounds like he's in an aquarium. That's me. Even though I was on a landline, the, the signal was terrible. And I just, I sound like,
2: well, yeah, I, I, and, I sound like I'm in a
3: cave, so. It's all right. Never listen to True Crime podcasts. No, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, so True but Crime, true. I kind of came out sideways. Same thing with the music. You know, I mean, somebody went, hey, don't you want to publish this book? And I went, okay. And then I had to learn everything about the, the
0: industry, so. Yeah. Well, you're an interesting guy. So. Thank you. The man, the man. The time is up, and we're, we're glad you came on the show. Now, uh, of course, we're talking with author and publisher and, Part-time dancer, Mr. Stephen Booth. Thank you for being on the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. It was it was really a lot of fun to talk to you guys, and and uh, I appreciate you being interested in my uh, version of insanity. So, thanks, Stephen.
2: You've been listening to the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www. Of mystery.com
1: Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night.
2: This is been a production of Something Weird
1: Media. I'll be back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.
3: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com.
1: Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, yeah.
2: Good night.